Hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude Era podcast. Hard co bono fantavaganza special edition. Come on. 24-7. How are you doing, Adam? I'm alright. I've got a little bit of a hardcore cold going on at the minute, but uh, so forgive me if I sound a little croaky at all. He's, he's got a hardcore cold in a big pond. That's how I caught it. I was in a big pond. And that ain't no L-I-E. And, and if you don't take your medicine, you may D-I-E. Uh. We're here to talk about the one of the most important parts of the Attitude Era, in my mind. One of the most important lower card moments of the Attitude Era. And something that I think always fills everyone with a warm, wistful sense of nostalgia. I am, of course, talking about the hardcore division, specifically the 24-7 reign. Yeah. And we're going to do a little bit of a run-through. we put the call out on facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era podcast for people's favorite hardcore moments from the Attitude Era. We've compiled a few matches, a few moments, gonna have a bit of a chat. Hello everyone, once again, I'm Kevin Mann, joined today in this retrospective of the 24-7 hardcore division by Mr. Adam Bibolo. Hello Adam. Hello. Are you looking forward to talking about some hardcoreness? Yes, I have such, such fond memories of this. Because I think most people I talk to who are, who were growing up watching the Attitude Era, in the UK specifically, they remember two things. Even if they don't watch wrestling anymore, they remember watching Smackdown at 11am on a Saturday on Sky One, yep. and all the chair shots, it would cut to disinterested fans in the crowd, yep. so you didn't get any ideas. They also very fondly remember the many, many backstage skits, segments, shenanigans, matches, goofs and gaffs involving the Hardcore Championship. Um, we've talked about the Hardcore Division quite a bit so far, obviously, because it came in around around the time of Deadly Games, yeah, Survivor that's not Series right. 1998. Yeah. The Hardcore Belt was originally gifted to Mankind, Mick Foley, by Vince McMahon, as in kind of this whole weird father-son relationship they had. And originally the belt was meant to be just that, just kind of a weird symbol of that storyline between Vince and Mick, but it went on to become its own thing and its own division. Legend has it that the original idea for the Hardcore Division, and this is ridiculous that, but I, I, I believe it to be true, Bradshaw had actually came up with the idea that where he wanted there to be a division within WWF at the time where they would be lenient with the rules, it would be yeah. more kind of hard-hitting, that kind of old-style kind of Bill Watts hit guys kind of hard, okay. a, a genuine kind of opt-in. Of course he'd fucking English. suggest that, wouldn't he? Of course, he's supposed to go around hitting boys. That's, yeah. his, uh, that's his modus operandi. And he pitched this idea to Vince Russo and the creative team, and they came roll for all of this. Yuck. Um, so you ever want to talk about grabbing the wrong end of the stick Seriously. there? But um, yeah, a lot of people think that hardcore is a thing that... You know, ECW came up with maybe, or some people wrongly think that WWF came up with it, or mm. that it was something that was taken from Japan. In reality, hardcore, in its loosest sense, I mean, what do you mean by hard? What do you think hardcore even means? Uh, Using weapons, ignoring yeah. the conventional rules like rope breaks and disqualifications. Blood. And not necessarily. It's I mean, a lot of hardcore from WWF never had blood in it. No, it was kind of goofy, It's really. more about weapons. Yeah, WWF hardcore is more comedy than yeah. anything else, I'd say. But I think in its original state, it was 
kind of what that thing that Bradshaw was proposing, which was loosened rules, guys getting cut hard, guys getting the shit knocked out of each other. A lot of stuff from, you know, the old territories, you know, your Floridas, your your Oklahomas, uh, Memphis and stuff like that. You would get a lot of those really wild brawls and they would just fight all over the arena and people didn't know what the fuck was going on because it was the 70s and yeah. they were throwing popcorn at each other and things like that. <laughs> it's all getting stuck in in their wounds. But ECW, I think... That's a big one for hardcore, really. Obviously, yeah. In we, terms of pushing it into the mainstream kind of wrestling. Yeah, and it became... Hardcore wrestling became cool. Because I think we reached a point in the mid-90s, you know, New Generation, stuff like that, where wrestling had become so fluffy and so, you know, wacky clean and clean and, yeah. and predictable and lame. And good Lord, someone swinging a chair seemed like the, the most amazing thing ever. And mm. even before we had a proper division for it, you had the likes of Mick Foley and Steve Austin swinging chairs and yeah, going through tables and... You know, WWF Attitude was hardcore before they had their own hardcore division. Mm. But it did become that comedy thing as well. It did eventually over time. Yeah, as you mentioned. Some of the high points so far were ones we've reviewed. I mean, big fans of those Al Snow, Big Boss Man wars. Those have got to be the best we've seen so far, I think. Uh, Some really amazing stuff. Going out (laughs) into the streets of the city, into a bar. Into Mississippi River. Road Dog on commentary with a little microphone. Oh, Jesus, with his little fanny pack. Yeah. Oh, bless his socks. And of course, as well, yeah, hardcore, what was a great thing about it? A lot of the stuff which we've seen so far, and it's one of the testaments to Vince Russo, gave a lot of the lower card guys a reason to be fighting. That's true. Yeah. You know, Bossman, for instance, you know, him and Al Snow having their epic feuds. Yeah. Wouldn't really have been made sense or been possible without that hardcore title being involved. All the lower card guys, you really get the feeling that they want to be the hardcore champion and they really yeah. want to scrap it out and get the belt for themselves. It's kind of like, it's a, it's a, it's an attainable goal for most yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, like, it's realistic you know? for them. It's kind of like, yeah, there is a reason in No Mercy in the N64, which the first one you did was the hardcore belt. Like, yeah. you know, you learn how to wrestle via going for the hardcore championship. <laughs> you learn how to strong grab. Apple by challenging for the hardcore championship. <laughs> we reached a point there recently where you know Crash had won the belt around WrestleMania 2000 as well. We kind of all the 24/7 stuff was coming to a head, and I did realize that fuck me, there's just so much stuff that happened. Yeah, so many fucking segments. It's that dense. It's dense, and Crash is someone who I think maybe on pay per view we didn't get the best sense of him, but. Some of these segments that you might go through, we might be realizing. Yeah, through this, hopefully we'll get to have a proper, more rounded chat about Crash Holly. Because I've been very adamant from the beginning. Of, like Crash Holly was more over than Goldberg in yeah. the year 2000. And I, I'm fucking sticking to my guns on this. Like, yeah. But I think we, we, we've got some, uh, some definite uh, info to go with here. So one of our first matches we thought we'd have a gander at. We've got around five, uh, as chosen by you. Crash Holly versus Test, which was the first instance of Crash Holly ever where it winning the hardcore championship spoiler alert for later in the match <laughs> but um yeah crash had uh, been around with bob for some time we mm. have been massive fans of these twos for sure know, beating each Big other time. up all the time yeah um, amazing team yeah definitely test is hardcore champion uh no <laughs> no don't like that not a fan in foley's book when test won the hardcore belt He's wrote somewhere, if you really peered and listened carefully, off in Amarillo, Texas, you could hear Terry Funk weeping like. Oh. Imagine how, like Terry Funk the start and be on the back end out of bed, his knees are all bad, his walk comes over. That's the one that hardcore belt. <laughs> <laughs> what has become of hardcore? <laughs> um, test. Test. Come on. I like Test, you know, in the corporation, all that, as kind of the heavy hitter. Test coming out here with his sunglasses and his shit shirt. Nope. 
What is that symbol on his shirt? It's like fucking Prince logo. It's ridiculous. It is a T. For Tess. For Tess. While we're at it, yeah. the name Tess. Tess. I don't like it. It's like, I don't know, it's kind of, it's a 90s name. It's like Tess or Smash or Laser. It's what you'd set your MSN display name to when you're feeling pretty badass. Tess. What I have to do. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose Tess is good that it's a pun, but they never really ran with the pun in it if it's own right. I mean, like, you know. It's How's just, it a pun? Well, this is a test. Yeah, this guy's going to test you. One, two. That's like it, really. When he's making a cover, one, two. He's like, oh, is he testing to make it? I, I don't know. For te- Fuck it. Uh. Tess was my cousin's favorite wrestler growing up. Oh. And I fucking laid it on him thick for that. <laughs> Shittest tasting wrestlers ever. Like, good God. All right, this match starting off. We have Tess coming out with his hardcore belt. Hardcore and Crash having a confrontation backstage. So funny. And this is really the kind of... What's really awesome about Crash's whole run from start to finish is that it starts off because he's the smaller guy, you know, who thinks that he's over 400 pounds mm. and his bigger cousin, Hardcore, is just an asshole Yeah, nonstop. Doesn't believe in him one, one bit. And like, yeah, Crash has got this kind of small man syndrome, this kind of Napoleon complex as a result. And, you know, like Hardcore, I remember once he went backstage and he's like, Crash, just because you collect Beanie Babies and can't win a match doesn't make you any less Aww. of a man. And Crash is all like, oh, I'll show you, cousin. <laughs> Crash is great with the old comedy. Bit of a pantomime. Oh, completely. He's a real over-the-top goofball of a character, but that completely works at this point in the WWF. Definitely. And I mean, like, Attitude, everyone's like, oh, mad, gritty, serious, real characters, shades of grey. If you've ever seen Crash Holly in a match where he's realised that he is happy and smug about something, <laughs> and he does this thing where his arms like go out into the, yeah. out, outer reaches the arena and then come back in and go over his chin as he, <laughs> as he smiles and nods up and down like, you know, Crash is fucking awesome with the facials. Uh, I love Crash Holly so fucking much. The start of the match, Test throws the belt at him. Crash grabs it in his hands, has a big smile, and then gets kicked in the face. Big boot to the chops. Which is almost like, is this symbolic (laughs) of the entire run that Crash has with this belt? Crash also gets Elroy chance. um, Straight away, yeah. And Crash is one of the few guys who the crowd would easily get on the side of, they would tease him. They would call him Elroy and they'd laugh at him. But they like him. But they were on his side yeah, as well. Yeah, they want him to win still. He was like, he was a face, but he had all the tenets of like a complete doofus heel, like kind yeah. of. And I don't know, it was it made him all the more endearing. Like It was the equivalent of like, you know, the, the crowd is sort of almost like scruffing his hair and being like, come on, then you little loser, see if you can do it. Because like, like, even when people like Santino and stuff were heel, and like, you're meant to boo them, but they were just being so fucking entertaining. And yeah. he was kind of like, boo, ha 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 ha. Whereas here, it's like, you're laughing at him, but also you're on his side because you know he's entertaining. And like, also, no one wants Test to win, so there's that as well. Fucking hell. Test mauls poor Crash as we uh, get into this one. He just fucking throws him around left and right. He puts him in a bin. Yeah. Crash that- looks like a little bug in this match. <laughs> it's so mean. Crash is, I'd say, five, six, maybe? Probably, yeah. He is, I think he is, at this point, 2000, he is the shortest man on the roster. Uh. He is. He's, he's itty bitty. He's teeny weeny. Crash does a hurricanrana from the apron. Crash was always amazing the fact that 
you know, even though he's in these hardcore matches and he would never be doing much in terms of like he was just you know, hitting guys with weapons and stuff like that but mm. he was a hell of a wrestler he could do an amazing flip de do yeah he was athletic he, he could jump off that apron and he hit a sick hurricane rana when, when needs be and sometimes not even when he was in a wrestling ring as we'll see later on and in this match as well because obviously it's been laid out that like Crash is the little scrappy do guy trying to take <laughs> on the scrappy do he totally is no that's <laughs> perfect let me at him <laughs> he's a little scrappy guy trying to take on Test and um, so I thought it would be well he's just going to get like a sneaky victory here he won't actually do any proper wrestling yeah. but he does get in some offense and like actually starts laying Test out and scrappy do never got his shit in did no he? seriously that's why he was run out of Florida like, yeah you know that fucking politician <laughs> so, sorry if, if he's scrappy do does that make Scooby Doo Bob Holly? Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> Don't think I've forgotten about Ruby. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Speaking of, Bob Holly comes out in the middle of this, and I just love it—the subtlety of Bob Holly. I'm upset that my cousin is being successful. Hands on his hips, tutting away as he's stri- so fucking miserable. Bob, I don't want to go to the circus, Holly. Yeah, he's upset. Stand up there in the rampway. Crash starts getting in some offense, including hitting Test in the willy with a big old stick. Uh... Right, I will say this first and foremost. As a kid, I did a lot of wrestling in the in the schoolyard. You tried a lot of it at home. I did. I tried it. No, even though no matter who you are, whatever you do, you do. I did try at home. You did anyway. Yeah. Like bodies were bruised. Yeah. Glasses broken. <laughs> Arrangements to stay over at certain people's houses ended, ended in an instant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is childcare, but the hazards are real. Um. Yeah, but I will say. I was never the kid to go around and go, I'm going to give you a choke slam or a tombstone or whatever. Yeah. Didn't have the core strength. Weak child. But fuck me, I'm going to, you know, find something that I think is soft and bop you with it. Put the hands up. Practice throwing you against the wall. This, I replicated a lot of this. While we're talking about childhood, we may as well mention this now. Yeah, hardcore wrestling had a big impact on me as a kid. Um, I used to play with my brother. I would have been about eight or nine at the time, maybe a little older, he would have been about 12 or 13. And we used to just basically, like, you know, have a little scrap. It was all safe and, like, quite fun, proper, just oh, normal play wrestling. Isn't it funny the way every time anything bad happens when imitating wrestling, it always starts off like that. Yeah, it's all harmless. It's almost as if it's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. That's exactly what it's like, Kevin, yeah. And then hardcore wrestling came along, and me and my brother really got into that. And I was like, one day, I said, James, can we play hardcore wrestling? All right, so we went in the kitchen. And we got things like, you know, we got an empty Capri Sun box and I'd bop him over yeah, the head with that. Like, you know, a bit of cardboard or, like, you know, a flimsy uh, baking tray. The, from like the a... dude loves spectrum of hardcore wrestling. Yeah, yeah, all the low end stuff. And then I remember he was down on the floor, like selling something, like lying down. He was he was a good worker, my brother. You know? <laughs> and uh, little, little nine year old Adam thought, I know, I'll get a rolling pin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I proceeded to smash it into his shin, hard as I could, like in, right into his shin. And that is the last time me and my brother ever played together. Ever. Um, I was hitting the head with a nightstick by someone. Fuck it, what, a cop? <laughs> <laughs> no, in my immediate family. That's oh. all. I'm not naming names here, but uh, chances are they're listening to it and the people involved do know it. So my friend out there who got busted wide open when he got smacked in the face with a keg. Fucking hell. And then told his parents that he was playing bass guitar, the strap broke, the guitar swung around 360 <laughs> and hit him in the face. And that's why he needed 12 stitches. <laughs> Thank you, Crash Holly and WWE. <laughs> Getting back to it, um, Crash, some amazing moments here. He gets the steps out, like puts them 
puts him out like away from it he runs up the steps jumps off swatted out of the air like a fly horrible and even though we did get to the point and we are at the point here where you're not going to get blood in your hardcore matches anymore no. it's never about that the WWF hardcore division and you know all the time you know, the ECW fans and the hardcore fans are like oh this is crap it's like they're you know they've nerfed hardcore wrestling and this isn't this isn't hardcore. You know, like yeah. people use it as a fucking adjective and a noun. Like, I'm what hardcore is all about. This isn't hardcore. But you know what? You did get innovation nonetheless. Oh, yeah, completely. And if it's innovation, which is like, hey, what's a funny way that Crash Holly can get bopped with a chair as opposed to how much can I cut this man with my shank yeah, I've exactly. got in my boot? That I'd take this any day of the week. I'd take this any day of the week. It's more creative for a start and off. It made more fans yeah. than the blood and guts ever would have. Chair gets set up in the middle of the ring. Looks like Crash is going to get powerbombed. We get this amazing sequence where he gets reversed. He bounces off the ropes. Crash manages to leapfrog over the chair set up. Yeah. Twice. Very athletic. Eats a boot though, nonetheless. Ugh. Crash hits a low blow. And then Bob Holly, who looks like he's about to smash Crash in the face with a chair, inadvertently hits Test. Looks confused as Crash makes the pin. And then, like, a proper weirdo raises his cousin's hand. He's like, I knew you could do it. Like, yeah. You know? I love the emotional abuse that Bob Holly puts his cousin through. He's it's a like, bastard, Bob Runs Holly. him down nonstop. Gives him a little glimmer of hope. Then runs him down yeah. again. Like, oh, my God. Conditioning. Like. But, yes, it begins. Crash Holly manages to defeat Test. And this is the moment. I remember when this happened. I think Terry Funk is crying. Terry Funk, well, after this moment, you think he's going to go into a coffin shop and get in it and start rolling around to oh. see what's like to roll in his grave. But you know what? Something much different happens. I know this is great because we're at a moment where the likes of Test, you know, we're getting the hardcore belt. And it's just kind of like, ugh, who's, who's low enough on the card who's not challenging for the European belt? Yeah. And then we get this promo from Crash, this very strange idea which sets forth the next year of ridiculous backstage segments. Well, Crash, another successful title defense. How do you feel about being hardcore champion? Lean Garcia, I'm the greatest hardcore champion that WWF has ever had. And to prove it, I'm going to put this title on the line 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. You know what that means? If they could find a sanctioned referee to follow me out and get the pinfall on me, they could win this belt. You know what that means also? Anywhere. In the shopping malls, in the library, in the airport parking lot, the strip club. If they could beat me, Lillian, they can get the titles, but they won't because I'm the greatest. 24-7. Crash Holly, the words couldn't come out of his mouth soon enough. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. If anyone, even people not contracted to the World Wrestling Federation, can get an inscripted official to follow them and make the count, they can attack Crash whenever he wants. And this just fits his character perfectly. Yep. He wins the belt. His cousin is still running him down. I know what I'll do. I'll be the greatest champion ever and defend it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's one of those things where you could almost argue that it's a very, like, you know, a face-ish kind of like, I'm such a good champion, you know. But in Crash's sense, it's more like blind ignorance and false confidence where he shouldn't really be you, you know you look at him you're like crash come on you're, you're you tiny. shouldn't do this he thinks he's 400 pounds yeah he's but, not but that's where the comedy comes from because you know he, you can tell he's like this guy's like, he's way too cocky this isn't gonna work and yet week after week after week he keeps getting away with the belt every single time and it always gets away by the skin of his teeth i just love it as well like the like like the second that crash is like saying this and you've got like you know the likes of the mean street posse and viscera and the, you know there's like kind of salivating rubbing their hands together ready to get their hands Ready to kill this poor little boy. After successfully defending the hardcore championship. Uh, wait a minute. It's Rodney. It's, 
Rodney's got a referee. Hey! Rodney just hit Crash with a, with a trash can. He's hammering away. There's a cover now. Well, remember what Crash said defending the title? 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, I was already here for the check. I could have had the As long as there's a sanctioned referee around, the Posse's, they're fucked among each other. One, two, there's two. And the Posse pulling peak ass off Crash. The Posse's fighting among one another. What the hell is going on here? We tried to narrow down a list of our favorite wacky Crash Holly 24-7 moments. We got so many uh, on Facebook. These are some of the, the best ones. The Mean Street Posse and Crash, first and foremost, they were the main guys who were after Crash because yeah. they knew they couldn't win a match. <laughs> this is the best chance they had of winning something. Not just winning a match, of winning a belt. Yeah. And you just, it was comedy gold. Little tiny Crash Holly, three big jerks, and they keep fighting each other and they can't agree on who's going to win. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Like the first night that Crash declares himself 24 7, they like throw him in the boot of his car and try and like pile on top of him. They're pinning him in the boot. It's brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Crash earns the name the Houdini of Hardcore. Because Crash doesn't have to pin his opponents, Crash just has to get away. Yeah. So he has a lot of times now, Crash Holly. You know, the end of the segment would involve him, you know, being in a car, speeding off, or getting in a taxi, or like, you know, jumping out of fire escape, or things like that. Just gets out of the way at the last second. Uh, like when you're in the hotel as well? Like, wrestled in a hotel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, and this is back to the fucking influence on kids playing in, in the playground and stuff like that. Like, if you're gonna wrestle on a bed, that's just gonna encourage us even more. I, what was stopping me from wrestling more as a kid and not trying at home was me going, "Well, this is hardly fucking the Anaheim Pond, is it? Like, <laughs> this isn't MSG. This is my front room." And now they're like, "No, no, it's fine. Look, you can wrestle here. You can wrestle in a playground. Look, Crash is gonna wrestle in a playground. <laughs> Bet you think about using the, uh, the 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 slide like Crash is using there. Why don't you try that? Why don't you try powerbombing your friend into the sandpit? Like, why don't you try to do a planche off the swing? Like, see if you can do." And like, Funtime USA is another perfect example of this. Yeah. The headbangers trying to attack Crash in uh, Funtime USA. For a start off, seeing the headbangers in the cold light of day, like out in the, in the wild, wearing they their... look like such fucking scum, don't wearing they? Wearing their shirts that say real men wear skirts and they're not even wearing their no, skirts. No, they're not. They're just wearing pants, fuck's sake. They might as well be wearing shirts saying we're pricks. They go in and they talk to the guy at the front desk and like, have you seen Crash Holly? He's around this tall. He's got a belt around his waist. <laughs> Well, they're outside Funtime USA as well, because we were loading this up on the on the big screen. Like, I just paused it and I could see that like earlier today in Funtime USA, there's a little tiny little yellow sign zoomed in a little look. Meet WWF superstar Taz. Oh. Imagine that. Taz is doing a signing at Funtime USA. Oh, you have a good time in Funtime USA there today. Oh. He was he was still brand new out of the packet at this point as well, wasn't he? Like he was still fresh, and he's already like going to fun time and just doing little events instead of appearing. It's like the they, they scrape him up off the mat after his a diabolical performance against the boss had no way out. And put a WWF T-shirt on him. Get your ass down to Fun Time USA. Oh. Here's some eight by tens of Steve Austin. Oh. Sign these. Oh. <laughs> oh, fun Time USA though, amazing because it's like they got to have a little bit of fun with this as well because there was a bit of freedom. And, you know, like, the, the direction and the camera work. Like, they had yeah. a handheld cam. And Brilliant. This is around the time when you had, like, stuff like Blair Witch Project and things like that were coming out. And there was a real cool feel to it. The WWF was usually very static and very clean and whatnot. And all of a sudden you had, like, 
guys with cameras being knocked down and running across or in the instance of Funtime USA a cameraman getting in a slide to follow Crash Holly as he goes through first person slide cam it's so cool and it just screams fun it does and it's you all know? very well choreographed like it's not like they're just like you know wandering around looking for because you know when you get a backstage brawl it's like let's go stand over there and hit each other yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go stand over there and hit each other in this they're actually like they're going on a natural route all around Funtime USA and the camera's following them and it actually does like go all around the different places and have different crazy spots and it just flows really naturally and it's a really and, well choreographed sequence. And God, would you believe it actually gives the people involved, like the likes of the Headbangers or the likes of the Mean Street Posse, who aren't going to get mic time ever. It gives them a chance to put across, you know, their personality. Well, King, I'll tell you what, Crash Holly had a quite a circus atmosphere today. He visited the circus right across the street earlier today at the First Union Spectrum. I know, he asked me to go with it. I love the circus. I, I should have went. And Crash had those King, little uh, doggy balloons hey, made for him. Did you just come from the circus? Yeah, I got a wrestling show over there. I, wanted, I love the circus. I came here and checked it out. You're Crash Holly. Yeah. You're yeah. the hardcore champ. Yeah. You defend your title 24-7, don't you? Yeah, that's over there, Ty. I'm checking the circus yeah, out. You, you've done it at the laundromat. You've done it You've done it in the hotel. Yeah. And even the circus. Oh, wait a minute. Oh. Hey, the is attacking Crash John. Holly. It's a referee. With the posse, you know when they had the clowns? Yeah. Crashes at the circus. Naturally, he's there with all his balloon animals on him. It's and like, early day crashes at the circus. Just on the record, anytime Crash was jumped, he was always wearing like a short sleeve shirt tucked into his pants. Well, at fun time, he was playing arcade games, wasn't he? <laughs> he's a grown man. He's such a fucking loser. He's a grown man and he's playing arcade <laughs> games. A grown ass man playing ski ball. He dinner. was there to meet Taz. <laughs> <laughs> he went to fun time. <laughs> Sorry, it's just like, yo, I love the juxtaposition. Jake Roberts in Beyond the Mat describing life on the road. <laughs> Sometimes you just like go to two circuses at a time. <laughs> two clowns I'm just watching. <laughs> and like Crash is like he's like, right, going to the next town, not gonna do a line, I'm gonna go and get some balloon animals. <laughs> God bless him. But like Crash when he's at the at the circus and he gets attacked by the Mean Street Posse and it's like Pete Gas is dressed up as a clown and he's like Hey little boy, I I hear you're the hardcore champion and whatever and yeah, it finds out it's Pete and they all attack him, he gets away and then the posture left behind going, God damn it, he got away and Pete's like, I just don't know how he does it, guys. <laughs> Still got the the voice lines like but- well, bits like that gives him a chance to be funny and get the personality. That's what this is all about. Yeah. The hardcore division is basically the comedy division, near enough. Yeah. In, in this bit as well with the circus, um, we get one of my favourite calls ever in wrestling. Because obviously, like, one guy attacks him, and then another clown appears and attacks him, and then another clown appears and attacks him. And Michael Cole just goes, Three clowns now attacking Crash Holly. Like, it's just the most <laughs> casual call. Freak. And the clowns echoing around the <laughs> arena. This was great as well. SmackDown usually got a lot of these segments. Yeah. Smackdown not being the live show being taped that little bit of time and it- God that's such a good point because mm. I remember as a kid Smackdown the, the, the Saturday morning Sky One ritual always did feel like a a different show like it had its own yeah. identity and its own feeling it felt a lot brighter and stuff because the hardcore these- division totally helped that I think yeah and it's like it was nice because it's a nice change of pace and don't get me wrong I love wrestling as much as the next guy. I love, I, I love like in ring wrestling. I love a good thirty minute match. I love it. I adore it. I yeah. think most big shows should have at least one solid chunk of match. That being said, I'm also an advocate of variety. Wrestling is meant to be a variety show. Yeah. And I definitely think you know, yeah, it was the likes of Steve Austin and Mankind and the Corporation, all that crazy shock stuff that got me into wrestling. But what really like 
I don't know, like fostered that development and really kept me coming back on. I have to watch this week. I have to I have to wake up this Saturday. I have to watch wrestling. Was stuff like this. Because you're going to go to the kids the next day in the playground. You're going to be like, did you see Crash Holly jumping out of yeah. a... He got attacked by a clown. Like, You know, it's just... It's big, silly things happening, not just on pay-per-view, but actually on TV every single week. And if it's a choice between having this bit of variety in a silly hardcore match or having, like, you know, Test versus Crash Holly in a one-on-one submission contest yeah, or some yeah. bullshit like that, you know, this is far more fun. And it helps, geez, it helps to get through those two hours a lot quicker. And Seriously. The three-hour odds could learn a little something from that these yeah. days, a little bit of variety. That being said, I don't know, do you think if we were as old as we are now back then, you know, cynical, older wrestling fans... Uh, well, we we are both silly men. Yeah. I would like to imagine that. <laughs> I, I'd like to imagine we'd still find it funny, regardless if we were watching it for the first time. If you had live, if Twitter existed during the time, like you think about the the IWC as they like to refer to, do you think they would have shat all over? You know, well they shit all over everything. So yeah, yeah probably. True, par for the course. There's a lot of stuff in twenty four seven, which. We obviously don't want to go into now because it's going to be an upcoming episode. Uh, yeah. A lot of chat about Jerry Briscoe being the hardcore champion. We're getting to that. Don't worry. We have uh, there's, there's going to be plenty of chat about Jerry Briscoe as hardcore champion. Good times. Also, Steve Blackman as hardcore champion. That's the one. He actually ended the 24-7 reign for a period of time because he was so proficient in hand-to-hand combat that no one would attempt to. <laughs> Brilliant. You know? But we're, we're going to get to all that in due course. Um, another one which we wanted to look at here was just kind of what was great about the 24-7 was tying in a lot of these smaller tier storyline stuff, um, giving everyone this kind of... like It felt like all the locker was connected in some roundabout way, and no more was obvious when Crash lost the belt to Jerry Briscoe while he was asleep. More on that in a future episode. And he was annoyed at this fact because he had paid good money from our good friends, the Acolyte Protection yes. Agency. What? Don't stand it! I am so mad! What is wrong with you guys? You're supposed to be businessmen! This was a business deal! I paid you for an hour's worth of protection, and I did not get an hour's worth of protection! I can't believe this! I woke up, my belt was gone, I was without my belt, I had to run to Briscoe Jesus back to the ring! I was on the phone all day with my mommy and daddy, and they said, this, this is a breach of contract! What's wrong with this kid? These kids are mad at the world! It's unbelievable! I want my money back! Oh, hold on, son. I- I've got something for you. This will calm you down. This will hold on, little fella. That's a good idea. Here you go, little fella. Uh, listen, I'm a yellow sucker. That's a long I'm serious! Look, look, if you're not going to give me my money back, then then I'm going to take it out in your... I'm going to take it out on both your rear ends. What, what do you know, hand to knee combat? I'm going to go fella this man. Hey, you're not old enough to hey, drink, drink that, son. I am old enough to drink. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. Just pour beer over Bradshaw. Hey. Hey, hey, Bradshaw, remember it's just a boy. We just stumbled upon this, um, it was in like related videos on YouTube when we were just watching some clips, and we just watched it this morning, we just have to talk about it now. Crash Holly coming in front of Bradshaw and Farouk, beers in their hands, cigars in their mouths, and he's like, you no good bastards, you rip me off, I want my money back, and like, their mouths are wide open, like. How dare this little boy come who, in here. Who is this little boy coming in front of these men? I love that he crashed, I think angry as he was, he still knocks on the APA's door outside. He, he, he goes to walk in, and he goes like, oh, God damn it, and then closes it and knocks it, and then <laughs> lets himself in. Yeah, so Crash and, Holly, reading the riot act, like. And he steals one of Bradshaw's beers, and like, just opens it and starts drinking it, and he's like, are you even old enough to drink that? <laughs> he's like, I am old enough to drink that. <laughs> and then you genuinely asked me, he's like, wait, in, in kayfabe, how old is Crash? Crash. Oh, he's like a little 15 year old boy. Because they did that with Hornswoggle before. They're like, there's times where they've kind of like been like, oh yeah, he's he's a man. He's 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 a dwarf or whatever. But now there's been other times where they've been like, 
oh, that poor little boy. And that's just offensive because he's a They've dwarf. They've done that. Like, like when, when Vince McMahon bet up Hornswoggle with a belt, yeah. he's like, I'm going to teach you some manners. And they're like, Vince McMahon beating his child here in front oh, of him. Oh, for fuck's sake. Like, yeah, Crash is like, you have to remind us. Like, how old? Yeah, he's a grown ass man. Isn't Goes he? to the circus and plays on the arcade. Yeah, so he pours beer on Bradshaw's head. Uh oh. Uh oh. The kettle's boiled, lads. <laughs> Runs off. Bradshaw says, You've got your match. Leaves. I love when Bradshaw just goes off to kill someone wearing his jeans and his shirt. Yeah, straight to it. And Farouk says, Be careful. He's just a boy. Oh. Crash is going to get killed. Yeah, surprisingly. Crash gets killed. He does. He gets killed immediately. I something we had to put out. Crash Holly, entertaining as hell. Da, da, da. And we said this so many times. Remember, like it was times where it was like Crash and Bob versus like you know the Rock and Sock connection. Yeah. Or against you know Viscera and Rikishi. Who was always in there taking the fucking shots was Crash Holly. And in this match, it just perfectly shows Crash Holly would take anything. Brad fucking wallops him so hard in this match. He just kills him. Jim Ross goes, this is child abuse. <laughs> Fucking hell. Fuck me, man. Stop blurring those lines, for yeah, Christ's seriously. sake. Brad is literally just hitting him as hard as he can with yeah. his forearm shots, smashing him with sticks. He, gets, he Crash puts his hands up with a chair for the chair shots, and Jim Ross goes, I think he just broke his hands. <laughs> oh, God. Brad broke right through his hands. Like, oh, God, that's horrible. Gives him the sickest powerbomb in the world. Then goes to give him another powerbomb, which Crash miraculously reverses. <gasps> clothesline from hell. Oh, cuts his head right off. Yeah, and if there's one in this thing on this list, which not many people recommended us to see, but if you want to see a, if you want to see Crash Holly get his ass kicked. You know what this felt like to me? It would be like if you saw Wiley Coyote murder the Roadrunner yeah. really horrifically. Like yeah. someone finally got their hands on Crash and they just killed him. Oh boy! And that was the thing about Crash. It was as if he never lost. Crash no. lost the belt all the time. But he never got leathered like this. But yeah, the thing was with Crash, and why he was that Houdini was, he'd lose it, but by the end of the night... He'd get it back He'd again. get it back, and that yeah. was the Houdini of hardcore. Yeah, so as we mentioned, after you know the summer of 2000 and whatnot, and getting into Invasion and stuff like that, the 24-7 reign was basically... They kind of just eh, faded out. They used that stuff with Black Men, but then after Black Men lost it, they just didn't really use it. They use it now and then... For storyline purposes, like, you know, they put the hardcore belt on, like, you know, I think it was a Kurt Angle once. And right. They, they used that as a loophole then Kurt to get Angle. out of it. Or, you know, they they, they use it, like, with, during the, the big show and Kane when they were trading the, yeah, the belt. Yeah. Around the, they were just using it as a kind of a, oh, we can use this just to get around some booking and stuff like that. Yeah. But it wasn't a big part of it. And it was, I think, for the best. Because I think after a year straight of your fun time USAs and your... You know, guys fighting in parking lots and stuff like that. Starts to wear a little thin. It does start to wear a little thin, and there's only so much of it you can do. And I think, you know, there was a time when Pete Gas won the hardcore belt, and it was like, it just summed up how it was get, it was going too far. They were like at the baggage claim at the airport, and all oh, the yeah. wrestlers showed up, and Crash was there, and like this, everyone, it was just like a melee, like all lads going to pick up their bags and realize that Crash was there, and just like <laughs> guys just beating each other up, and it was like WrestleMania 2000, the hardcore battle royal. Yeah. That was meant to be the end of it. And that was like three months after it started. Yeah. And it went on for another four or five months. And then they did another one where it's like, this is the absolute end of it. And then they just brought it back. You know, they didn't know. They had that freedom and that creativity to do what they want with it. But there was never a point where they kind of go, right, we actually have an end game inside for this. Yeah. Because it was very much that sideshow attraction. 
they, it went all over the place. They made the mistake of oversaturating their own division, basically, with yeah. too much of the comedy and too much of the wackiness. And... But in 2001, something very interesting happened. Obviously, ECW and WCW closing down. You got a huge influx into the undercard because mm. God knows they weren't going to be pushing the likes of Raven and Rhino. But we did get, for a brief period around this time, you know, post-WrestleMania 17, um, a nice little bit of a rejuvenation of the hardcore division as they had the likes of Rob Van Dam coming in. Yeah. Jeff Hardy got involved in the division. Here's a match which a lot of people pointed to me and I'm like, yes, definitely. This was on top of my list as well. Uh, Raven versus Rhino from Backlash 2001. Mm. Fucking hell, this was a, a glorious feat altogether. A real, like, a moment where it's like you realise that this hardcore belt was actually had the potential to be a really solid division. Yeah. And something which wasn't just a sideshow attraction where you could actually maybe build guys up for the uh, the next level to go for an IC belt or something like that. Heyman's on commentary on this one as well. Yeah, which is fantastic. Can we just take a moment, because we're only going to get to say it once in the main timeline. Preempting WrestleMania 17, Paul Heyman and Jim Ross is possibly my favourite commentary yeah, team the ever. the greatest team of all time. Fucking so fucking good. I think it was only like... Six months, yeah, seven months maybe in total. But God, it was most Got some good pay per views at that time as well. Some good fucking stuff out of that. God, uh, Rhino is someone else who won't get a chance to talk about really on the main timeline much. Uh, I think Rhino is an absolute beast. Um, yeah, I was explaining Rhino to one of my friends uh, as like his gimmick is just he'll kick your fucking ass. Like he's just a tough badass. From guy. the mean streets of Detroit, Michigan, the man beast Rhino. <laughs> but he does seem legit. Like you totally buy into he Rhino's sc- character. He, he scared me. Yeah, his as eyes. He's got those terrifying eyes. He stares. And he at was you. always like cowering and grunting. Real like nineteen eighties, you know. Big scary heel wrestler who's going to be fed to Hogan. Always yeah. going, yeah, something rah, wrong with him. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you want Jimmy Hart to be jumping up and down, going, oh, <laughs> behind him all the time. <laughs> My man, beast, yeah, well, you. But uh, I love Rhino. Rhino's great. Rhino never got to be a champion in a company other than ECW. And yeah. one night in TNA, he wore the belt for twenty four hours. Never got a proper run at the belt. No, but he was always still treated with the net, like. No one's ever just going to go out and like, bam, 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 boom, Rhino loses. Yeah. Even when he's at the bottom of the card, they always actually still treat him with this kind of... He was kind of still protected where he still kills you in the match. Even yeah. if you beat him, Rhino will still kick your ass. This is like, this is, I think, Rhino, I think, was an example of a guy who knew how to carry himself and put himself over in a way, which meant that he always had to be protected to an extent. Yeah. There was an amazing moment around this time, you know, after Austin was healed and all this stuff. Rhino was meant to be a heel as well. And he went into Commissioner Regal's office. And he's like, I want a title match tonight. He's like, oh, who against? He's like, I don't care. Hardcore championship. He's like, oh, there's already a, there's already a hardcore title book time. He's like, okay, give me Steve Austin. Like, Whoa! <laughs> I just love that about it. He was one of the only characters who's like, I don't care where I am in the card. I'm going to be anyone. But yeah, just, just a chance to gush about Rhino there, folks. Sorry about that. But uh, Raven as well, as already mentioned in our yeah. Starcade episode. Fucking love Raven. Again, I, I said this before, but I only know Raven from the WWF where he didn't get that much of a spotlight on him. But since seeing him at Starcade, I've wanted to see more of him. And you can see the, uh, the night and day between uh, Raven and WCW with all mysterious, like, oh, what is he doing? And Raven yeah, here. He comes out smiling with like, a shopping hey. cart, like, hey guys. Hey guys, it's me, Raven. Oh. Whoa, what have I got on my shopping cart this week? Check. <laughs> Raven I still loved him though at this point as a kid oh uh, yeah I was completely just because of his look more yeah. than anything alone I was infatuated with the idea of him as a man who only got to see ECW every now and then and not on the reg 
the idea of a wrestler with jeans and a, and a t-shirt was like, whoa. Or a homeless wrestler, as I thought he was when I was a kid. Well, that was his original when he came in. That's what he looks like. That was his gimmick. He's like, yeah. he's homeless. He's like, I have to live in a box. I don't want to live in a box. <laughs> what about, what about Raven? Raven? What about Raven? <laughs> Raven here and Rhino, two former ECW champs, which is kind of cool. Heyman on commentary. Yeah. Shows you, like, the uncertainty and the weirdness of this period in time. Like You're basically getting ECW on WWF TV. Like, yeah, like, the two two guys would have been, like, made of it in ECW or, like, been, like, shoehorned into, like, the lowest tier yeah. title. And it's, it's kind of, it's weird, like, when this is a period of time where you're trying to cram three companies into one at a time when people were not interested in wrestling as much anymore. Yeah. Fucking weird shit, like. And people wonder why we're not going to do the Ruthless Aggression era, like. <laughs> Lots of innovation from these guys as well. They do Again, some really creative spots in this match. Raven yeah. Rhino, guys who people always kind of go, oh, blood and guts, barbed wire, chair shots, cane shots to the head and all that. They don't like, need that. They don't need, they actually do some pretty cool stuff here. A great spot in this match, Raven and Rhino. With a, Rhino sets up the stairs on the outside. He puts Ra- Raven sitting down on a chair. Yeah. And he just flies off the steps. Raven moves out of the way. And Rhino just collapses straight into the set of chairs. brilliant. It, it so snaps into place, makes a big noise. Oh. Then Raven jumps off with <laughs> Heyman with the line. And I goes, what's good for the Rhino is good for the Raven. <laughs> what does that mean? Good for the goose, good for the gander. Oh, okay, right. I- they are both vertebrates. Hey, okay, uh, uh. Well played, Mr. Hayward, <laughs> with your the... animal jokes. <laughs> um, yeah, I wonder with this one we get a lot, though. There's a lot of shots to the head, and Jim Ross, in a, in a moment, this is the kind of stuff that gets edited off the network now, a brain scrambling. Oh, oh, God, he ain't going to remember his daughter's name after this one. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God, he's going to get sick in his rent-a-car on the oh, way home. Oh, come on. Oh, back God, Rano drove to the wrong city all after right, that one. All right, all right. Fuck it out. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> it's just they 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 reveled in it. Yeah. Scrambled brain. Brain damage. Yeah. yeah. It's fine if you want to put over like how devastating a move is, but when the risk is actually real of that yeah. happening. No. These guys don't pull any punches, they fucking clatter they each go other. Go for it. Uh, Rhino as well picking up the shopping cart over his head. Yeah. And then Raven has the uh, the trash can as well. Like, yeah. Who's going to be the strongest here? It's fucking insane. I'm sorry, but I don't know if anyone's ever tried to pick up a shopping cart. They're fucking heavy. They're incredibly heavy. Unless it's they've hollowed insane. it out like in Trailer Park Boys, you know. It could just be like a, an empty shell of a trolley. Raven's <laughs> thinking, this cart is fucked. <laughs> Got one good wheel on it, that's about it. <laughs> it's full of hash. <laughs> Raisin with the drop toehold onto the cart. And then Raven with this amazing sign barrage. And this is great. This is one of these matches. And I think it was facilitated a lot in hardcore matches. The non-24-7 ones without the, the run-ins and whatnot. Raven comes out at the start. Not a massive ovation. Mm. But when he's getting into it now and he starts leathering away with these shots. Fuck me, the crowd has no choice. But they really get behind Well, they're it. entertained. Yeah, and I think hardcore matches are a great way to facilitate lesser known wrestlers to really... Show a little bit of fire. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you don't know who the guy is, he's there going throwing forearms. You're kind of like, yay. But Not know, really going to put him over that one. If he's fucking laying in trash can shots or something like that, you're like, oh, shit, this guy's legit. Like, yeah. you know, he's he's a badass. Uh, Raven is a face as well. This is like one of the only times Raven is a face. This is what I meant to ask you about this because I wasn't really sure who was a face and who was a heel here. So Raven is the face. Raven is the face, yeah. Well, that explains why he was smiling at least. Yeah, so, at least. Yeah. But it was a brief period where Raven was just getting over lots. Yeah. This was after he was in a big long feud with Big Show and Kane and he just kind of came out of it. People like, 
you know, when a heel's entertaining for long enough and he was in all these hardcore matches and he was really dominating the division that people were just cheering from. But yeah. WWE had no interest in pushing Raven beyond hardcore yeah. at all, which is a shame because you can see there's something here which is like, oh, fuck. I yeah, think the, the crowd could get behind crowd it. Crowd could get behind Raven is good enough. You know, he could easily have been a, a top dude. But he, um, in, in this match, to be honest, I, I don't think it really... It didn't, oh, because it didn't even cross my mind really. This didn't matter to me face, who yeah. was heel or face. It was just a solid match. Yeah, like, it was a kick-ass brawl. You were watching two guys, two guys fighting, and it could have gone either way. Yeah. I didn't personally want either of them to win. I just wanted to watch the match and yeah. see what happened. It was so good. It was good. awesome. Uh, Rhino picks the shopping cart over his head, and Raven just bops him in the tummy and just collapses on top of oh. him. Just fucking amazing use of these objects, making the noise, getting the reactions from the crowd. Yeah. Heyman on commentary as well. Just He's so good at putting these guys over because he knows what their strengths are because he's yeah. the guy who would have been sitting and whispering in their ear yeah. in ECW. And so it must have been, how weird must that be for Heyman, actually? Well, the fact that he basically raised them. Well, because these are two characters who were really... I mean, obviously... They, a lot of them were put into themselves, but they really were developed and produced extensively by Heyman. He's sitting there on commentary now in a different company with two, two of the guys. It must have been so surreal. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It must be how Matt Groening feels, I would imagine. Right? Yeah. It doesn't really work. No. Rhino <laughs> signals for the gore and runs right into the fucking shopping cart. Holy oh, shit. so cool. And then Raven, with a, you know, there's no lack of subtlety here, folks, picks up a giant kitchen sink and starts beating the shit yeah. out of the shopping cart. And Jim Ross is like, what? Kitchen sink? <laughs> he finally did it. I love, Jim Ross loves when people use the kitchen sink. Like, <laughs> it's his favourite. But out of nowhere, we get a gore, which conveniently the camera misses. Yeah. Get it in the replay, though. Sick gore. I fucking love that move. Such a good move. My favourite iteration of the, the spear. I'd have character. to agree, because it didn't. It actually feels different enough that it's not the spear, just because it's His got legs name. go flying out. Yeah, it's just proper, like, brute impact. And Heyman going, gore! Gore! You did it, Rhino! Rollerball! <laughs> <laughs> Rhino wins an yeah. hellacious match. And this is kind of one of these ones where I'm kind of like, oh, maybe that hardcore division's going to be okay. Uh, hardcore belt, if, if possible, managed to lose even more of its meaning during the invasion because when WCW and ECW invaded as well, they brought all their shitty second-tier titles Oh, God, with they them. did, yeah. So you had a fucking two world belts, two tag belts, two mid-car belts, two cruiserweight belts. Oh, oh, fucking hell. So, yeah, hardcore belt was right down at the bottom there. Rob Van Dam held it for majority of that period mm. you know it was it was it was just a little popcorn match you know yeah. it was never it didn't get pushed really beyond that one really weird period we had during um, after this though with the hardcore belts was Undertaker after he became heel after Invasion is this big evil Undertaker this is big Booger Red Booger Red yeah Booger Red alright tell you what we won't do Ruthless Aggression but fuck me I'm going to review the shit out of some Booger Red matches <laughs> Undertaker walking around in a big red hoodie and leather pants coming out to Limp Biscuit. Jim Ross like that man is evil <laughs> <laughs> that man's a no good son of a bitch <laughs> Booger Red Booger Red Booger Red walking around with his Booger Red hair beating up David Flair in a shower talking about respect David Flair F fuck it that's a story for another that's podcast that's a story for the podcast Booger Red Booger Red walking around eating his chewing tobacco having a big old mouthful of chewing tobacco going mum 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 respect ding mum mum big evil ding mum mum my yard ding <laughs> and yeah he won the hardcore belt around this time as well okay he won the hardcore belt off Rob Van Dam and just it's just the uh, 
It's sad to mention it. Undertaker was hardcore champion and he was a heel and the American badass. That's weird. And was called, too many things going on there. called Booker. Booker <laughs> I mean, really. I think it's on the FAQ on Jim Ross's website. He's like, why the fuck is Booker <laughs> He's like, oh, he's got red hair and he's a booger man. <laughs> he's a big meanie. Like, because you know when you're a kid, you get you get warm by that. I remember I used to wake up in the middle of the night and there's big evil in. Like, ah, it's, it's booger man. He's gonna give me the. He's gonna give me taken care of business. His seldom seen dragon sleeper submission. Ah, booger man. Taking care of business. Care. Come on, boy. Going to school. Oh. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Anyway. He lost the hardcore belt to Maven. Oh, come on! Undertaker is just the worst. Yeah, good. Just so you know, folks, Undertaker, in the midst of his biggest heel run of this period, put over Maven. Wow, what a waste and of time he, that And he got was. eliminated from the Royal Rumble by Maven. Yeah, well. I've seen that. Fucking hell. So yeah, Maven won the belt. And I think this is they were going for a little period of maybe using this as kind of like, oh, the rookie wins the belt and blah, blah, blah. We cut to WrestleMania 18, Maven versus Goldust, and this is a really entertaining sequence. Mm. It's not an entertaining match, though. It's one that a lot of people want us to talk about, and I think it's because it encompasses a lot of what went wrong with the hardcore division. Because you start this match off, it's WrestleMania 18, which for the record is, I love that WrestleMania. It's in Toronto, massive stage, that kind of whole grid thing, really big crowd, like 70,000 people. Maven comes out to crickets, taking on Goldust, who comes out to crickets. Yeah. They hit each other with tinfoil, uh, sorry, gold tinfoil objects for an hour to crickets. Yeah. And the only time anyone makes noise is when Spike Dudley runs out yes. to interfere. Give me the count outs here. Hey, wait a second. There's Spike Dudley with a referee. Hold on. What? Oh, the... He brought his own referee down here, JR. 150 pounds, five. Just hey. in the back door. It's legal as heck. That's Crash. Crash Holly. The 24 7 reel in effect. Crash Holly facing the new champion, Spike Dudley. And there goes Goldust. He's, he's in hot pursuit. Hey, Maven. There goes Maven, too. And here becomes the problem of what happened with the 24-7 rule when they brought it back again this period. People knew. They figured out. Yeah. One on one. I'm saying, there's the worst thing that can happen in wrestling, which is when your storytelling becomes so predictable that 70,000 people are sitting with one eye on the rampway. Yeah. And that is bad. It's happened a lot of times where, like, you know, surprises have been spoiled. And, you know, where people are kind of like, oh, the running's going to happen now. And, yeah, it's kind of stank as a result. Spike Dudley runs in and wins the bell and it's like, oh, great big pop there. But you shouldn't, the only pop in the match shouldn't be for interference. an interference spot. Yeah. Now we do get some awesome stuff after this. Like them going backstage and Al Snow driving a driving a golf cart with, right, Ted, with Teddy Long into all these boxes and Hurricanes swooping in on his little rope. That made me fucking crack. That's so funny. Because they put in the sound effects with the yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, I fucking hate the hurricane, but that was the funniest thing. You hate thing. the hurricane? What's up with that? Ba, 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 ba. Now, I wasn't watching wrestling at the time, <laughs> so I would just see the occasional glimpse on SmackDown when I'm flicking through the channels, like, who's this green man? What's up with that? No thanks. <laughs> Gonna keep popping channels, like, you know. <laughs> He's so kawaii, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> don't like him one bit. Hurricane, I'll give him this. Hurricane's shtick with the rock around this time. 
I thought it was very entertaining. I've not seen it. You know, the, where the, the Rock is like the heel, the Hollywood heel, and he's like, I know who you are, little green man with red hair, little mask, you're the Hamburglar. <laughs> yeah, the Rock's not going you sick freak. Like, do you want to do a Ruthless Aggression podcast, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I always keep annoying. I keep, this keeps happening. I keep saying, not going to do Ruthless Aggression, which annoys me the most because that I'm qualifying it as an error then. It's yeah. not an error. That's not going to happen tonight. It's no more an error than the last, I don't know, fucking 20 minutes has been an error. Yeah. Like, you know. It's not going to happen any night. <laughs> Hurricane becomes the champion, and shortly after becoming the champion, he becomes a massive pervert. Yeah. He uh, goes into the... This is great, because uh, the missus was around earlier, wasn't she? And I was like, uh, yeah. like oh, we're going to watch some fun wrestling. She likes to watch you know, some of the, old, the fun bits of wrestling. And uh, yeah, and then Hurricane came in, and there was loads of women touching their breasts. And uh, he put up a kendo stick to look like a big willy. And then a man in a leopard print onesie came out and wrestled him. It was the godfather. Had to explain the whole pimping ain't easy shtick with the... Uh, hey, the... honey, this is wrestling. This is what we. This is why we watch it. I right? told you there were women in wrestling, see? Yeah. Representation. Uh. <laughs> Fucking hell. But he then gets hit in the head by Molly with a frying pan. She betrays him. That's good. Falling up the... Uh, yeah. Falling up the... Uh, more good female uh, the, characterization the... <laughs> there. Sadly, there were no rolling pins to hand for uh, <laughs> her to, to hit him in the head with. Like, uh, Well, what can you say? Hurricane, he didn't put the trash out when she wanted him to, did yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. So she, really? she puts on a lipstick hey, and then I, she wallops him around Am I right, head. girls? Huh? Am I right? Girl um, power. Girl power. Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> so Molly's running away and... You know what, I think this, this, everyone's been going like, oh, you got to cover this, guys. you got to cover this part. It's just because... Let's, well, let's, let's top off the trifecta of women being treated excellently It's because in of this moment here. This is the only reason any of you want us to do this one. Well, there's Molly. Uh, she's a, well, she's a hardcore champion, and she's trying to find some sanctuary. This guy dome is a hard, hard roll. Oh, no. Who the hell who did, the hell that? did that? Oh, that Christian. Stand back. There's a new champion come to Come on! What a dastardly on. act! Come on! Count one, two, three! Oh, he's Christian yes. beat on one. Yes! Yes! Christian beat Molly, Molly, Molly for the hardcore title. Molly runs down the corridor and it's one of those half doors and it just slams open. <laughs> she gets brains and creepy old Christian comes out and goes, yeah! I gotta admit, I don't feel bad about this, but I laughed my ass off. Oh, every time that. it gets me. Yeah. Step back. There's a new champion coming through. Come on, let's go. One, two, three. He pins and goes, yes, I did it. Biggest dork on planet Earth. Channeling own heart there. I was about to say, yeah, he's a very own heart-like character here, actually. It's pretty funny. We're not going to get it in, in our main timeline, but uh, I will say for the fact, post-Edge and Christian split up mega heel creep Christian. Christian! Christian! At last, you're on your own! Damn it! So I, good. I love Christian at this time. Yeah. I just love a good creep in wrestling and a guy who's not afraid to be that creep and get the shit knocked out of him. Yeah. Because everyone loves seeing Christian or people like him get beat up. And as he's running away, he's like, yes, I did it. And he, he kisses the bell. It's, like, it's all like brown and old. And covered in blood and sweat. Yeah. God knows what else. But yeah, as he's putting in, in, in the putting his bag in the, in the trunk of the rental car, gets rolled up by bloody Maven. Ugh. One, two, three. Maven wins. Billy Zane wins. <laughs> After WrestleMania 18, we had the brand split. Yep. Maven, along with the hardcore belt, was drafted to SmackDown, and he then promptly lost the belt before the split took effect. 
to Raven, who took a Tyrrell with him. Right. To which Vince McMahon is like, I wasted my pick on this prick Maven. Oh, like, God. So, yeah, Maven, his career didn't exactly, well, home shopping network selling your tough enough trophy on eBay. Uh, Actually, you know what was sad about that? If you don't know, Maven won tough enough, the, the big reality competition. First ever edition. And people it? were like, oh, poor old Maven. Very hard, hard times for Maven. Had to sell his tough enough trophy. But it's actually even more depressing than that. He didn't even sell his tough enough trophy. He put his stuff in storage and because he couldn't pay his storage bills, his his belongings were auctioned off. Oh. And the guy who bought this auction got the trophy. I'm like, well, I don't want this. And, and then he, he sold, sold it. it. I don't think he made very much money for it either. No, I don't think so. Oh. And apparently Maven is now a bouncer at some club in New York. And according to Sam Roberts in Ardlo Cal, I think, uh, he just pretends he's not him. He's like, are you Maven? He's like, no, I just look like him. Oh, God, like Randy the Rab. That's so sad. I guess you old fucking cheese lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maven, a bit of a sad one. But brand split. The idea now with the brand split when it came was that Hardcore Division is going to be a raw thing. Yeah. And there was a little bit of a feeling that, well, you got a big roster now, lots of guys, like Dudley's have been split up, you had Raven, Just Incredible, Bradshaw, Crash, Spike, all these guys. Maybe we can recreate some of that hardcore championship magic yeah. from before. No. Nope. No. Can't do it. We had around a year of the most tedious fucking shite on Raw with the hardcore belts so boring every single night match hardcore championship fucking 80 guys run out one two three just incredible is the champion no one makes a noise one two three spike dudley's the champion no one makes any noise one two three one of the godfathers hoes is the champion uh. no one makes any noise just just to put this in perspective right this is these are the number of reigns of some of these wrestlers okay okay Raven won the belt 27 times. <laughs> he held the belt for 94 days. Right. Do 27. The, do the math there. Crash Holly had the belt 22 times. Here's a great one. Stevie Richards, champion, 21 times. Total combined days, 35. Fucking hell. The average reign was like 1.2 days. Fuck, just incredible. Eight reigns, combined days. Less than one! Oh, come on. Less than one! But yeah, it's just this period. It's like, because you look at guys like Blackman held the belt six times, six times, but 172 days. Tommy Dreamer held the belt 14 times, 28 days. Sean Stasiak, fucking meat. 15 reigns. Oh, come Mead had it 15 times. 15 times. As Planet Stasiak, 15 times. That gimmick was only around for a fucking month. And how many days? Less than one. Oh, come on. Like, we, if we were to get hours and minutes, I, I imagine it's around 10 minutes. Fucking hell, guys. A glorious time to be a champion. Fucking absolutely ridiculous. Jerry Briscoe as well, two-time champion, 27 days. That's more like it. That's more That's like a good it, ratio. People look at those hardcore reigns there and kind of go, whoa, what a crazy old division that hardcore thing was. Most of that was during this period. God, this one year. And they just kept throwing stupid shit at us. Like Bradshaw won the belt 
And then all of a sudden he had like a Texas Longhorn thing on it. And then fucking Tommy Dream won the belt and now it was a New York license play. And just like... Guys, yeah, that looked hideous. Guys who were the champion came out received no reaction because honestly people couldn't remember who the champion was. Oh, that's sad. They would change belts at house shows and show up the next night in Raw and they would just give the belt to someone else. It was utterly meaningless then. And it was just like, they went oh, the whole, they're like, just make it more insane more ridiculous and you were had like 10 minutes at a time where it was like just someone end this fucking match the best thing about Brock Lesnar debuting around this time was that he came out and he destroyed like 10 guys oh, who I've were, seen that yeah, yeah. he just he's like get out of the way you fucking hardcore wrestlers get out of the way you're taking up time now the best part about that is he didn't even pin any of them for the hardcore title no, he, he, doesn't, he, doesn't he doesn't give a, give a shit, about, shit about, about it it's rubbish crap hardcore belt I mean that was what was annoying about it and I thought it was me like oh you know I'm like 14 now as opposed to being 9 or 10 yeah is it it's just like oh you know I've kind of grown out of it I just don't like this kind of stuff anymore is it because ECW is gone? Is it because hardcore isn't cool anymore? Is it because tastes have changed? Is it because we're not, we're trying to be more PG? It's not, it was just overdone. It's just shit. And uh, the best idea in the world, if you do it to that extent, it becomes overdone yeah. as a result. And that leads us fittingly to our last match, which was insisted that we looked at, which is one of the best hardcore matches that was ever on Raw from Madison Square Garden. The last hardcore championship match ever which was a unification match with the IC belt, whereas Rob Van Dam taking on Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer coming out with a license plate for a belt. Yeah. Right off the bat, I always think, like, unification, it needs to be two titles that are on the same level. Like, yeah. World Heavyweight and WWE, yeah. those are two world titles. Yeah. Combine, Combine them. them. IC and US, those are two mid-card ones. Combine them. Intercontinental Hardcore. Nope. Don't really go. I'd rather see hardcore and light heavyweight, or like even it the was, hardcore of the fucking Divas Championship would go better. Yeah. Than this. Like, it was during this weird period where Bischoff, the on-screen GM at the time, was like, "Ah, we need to make it more competitive." There's too many belts. They combined the IC belt with the hardcore belt. Then they combined the European belt with the IC belt. Then they combined the IC belt with the World belt. Oh fucking hell! They got rid of the IC belt altogether. Yeah. There was a period of time on Raw, fucking World belt and tag belts. World belt is Triple H. Tag belts is fucking, I don't know, La Resistance or some what, shit. What, that's it? That's it! Fucking hell! We had months of that. They brought the IC belt back eventually, but uh, yeah, that's where, that's where the European hardcore belt, they disappeared around that time. They never, they never came back. RVD fan? Big RVD fan, yeah. I love RVD. Um, not, I don't know. People always rag on his WWE run because they're like, oh, he only ever said cool and whatever and Dude. Well, I only have a new RVD from his WWE run. I never saw him in ECW or any of his other stuff. Um, but even so, like while his character might not have been great and everything, what he did in the ring still left such an impression on me as a kid because I'd never seen anything quite like it before. He was doing like unique, yeah. original things. And you can't discredit that just because it's not as good as his ECW <laughs> stuff, maybe. I think it's funny because like, there's stuff about Robin Dunn that always stuck with me were the moves. And even if it was dialed back in WWE, it was still way different and way more like, wow, spectacular than anything else you were seeing at he the time. He stood out. And as if, yeah, fucking Rob Van Damme, excuse me, as if you're going to go, oh, they cut my balls up because they wouldn't let me cut my promo. Like, what? Like, hey guys, I rolled a big joint today. Woo! Yeah. Rob Van Damme 420 says, I just smoked some weed. Ugh. Maybe if he came around a year or two earlier than he did, him and Road Dog could have They would have got along. The high flyers, like, you know. <laughs> their blood bleeds green, like. But, um, yeah, no, Ron Van Damme, I've always been a fan of, but I don't think he was as good at promos in ECW as he, no. as he thought he was. Because 
Robin Dam saying cool or whatever is is as appealing to me as Robin Dam going on for twenty minutes about how great he is. Yeah. Because no one has the heart to tell him to stop. Oh. But Robin Dam versus Tommy Dreamer, Madison Square Garden. That's like that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, ECW chance throughout this entire strong ECW chance. Were you taking us through this one? Yes. So in the spirit of handing things over and uh, you know it is the last hardcore match, so yeah. I thought, hey Adam, why don't you uh, take us through this bad boy? And the second you said that, I thought, great, this match is going to be shit then. Like, Kevin wants me to do it, so this is going to be a rubbish match. I let you do DDP and Mr. Perfect That's once. true. That was a good match. That was, that was a good, good match. match. So, right off the bat, we get the handshake between the two. You know, show of respect. They've gone back for, you know, they go way back. They're old friends, etc. Yeah, so, yeah. nice. Nice But it's funny, as they're doing that, Jim Ross goes, by the way, folks, over the commercial break, we found out that this will be the last ever hardcore yeah. match and the belt is being retired. Yeah. So just to put it into perspective how little the belt belt meant at that point, there was kind of like, oh yeah, sorry, while By you were way, taking a shit, we decided to get rid of this belt and it's like four-year lineage. Anyone bothered? No? no okay, let's grand. carry on then, yeah. Any um, other business? <laughs> the opening to this match is great. Straight away, they're both going for all their signature strikes and kind of like, you know, their usual moves. They wrestle. But they know each other so well that no one can land a single blow. And it just, you know, it's one of those typical sequences where it goes on and on and on and then they both stop and stare at each other and the crowd applauds. Like, I, 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 brilliant stuff. I love those spots where it's like, it's it's a lucha thing. It's like, you know, both go for a drop kick, no one can get it. Both yeah. go for Android, no one can get it. Grapple, grapple, roll, roll, get up. Pose. Yeah, pose. Look at each other like you sort of a bitch. You pose, and then the crowd explode into applause. You kind of go, ah, here it goes. Or if you're the ultimate warrior, you just kind of go, and raise your arms up and down in the air kind of thing. Yeah, But it doesn't take long for one of them to get Irish whips to the outside and for a ladder to come out. Oh, baby. So straight away, we're going to ditch the wrestling because obviously they couldn't land a blow on each other. Let's just get the weapons out immediately. I like that. Great stuff, yes. That that was actually a nice kind of little nod to the old ECW style. They would always, you know, hardcore, yes, weapons, yes. But also wrestling. Yeah, and I, I don't feel much. I don't know much about ECW, but I already feel straight away here that this feels more like an ECW match than a, a yeah. WWF hardcore definitely, match. Like definitely. straight away, this it's not about comedy and doing silly spots. This is about being creative with weapons, but in an actual a fighting manner, yeah. an actual aggressive way. A proper brawl. Tommy Dreamer has the uh, ladder horizontally in front of him. He's holding it up. Super kick right through the ladder from <laughs> RVD. Looks fucking awesome. Man, so good. It's great because like Dreamer, I'm really mad surprised at this point because Dreamer was literally just on heat all the time. Yeah. And then he got this big 15 minute match, Madison Square Garden Raw. It's like awesome. Craig didn't know who he was for the most part, like because he had no reaction coming out. But throughout the match, because of spots like that, people are just like, like we said before with Raven and Rhino. It's, you get yourself over. You can get yourself yeah. over, and you can see the appeal, and maybe that's why every other indie group in the mid two thousands had a hardcore division because they're like, you know, you're not going to work. You'll yeah. get me, and it, it's dangerous. There's a fine line between. Just because it's an easy way to get yourself over doesn't mean you necessarily should do it. Like, yeah, only certain guys. There's a fine line between. This. It's like, hey, he's using a weapon, and I can get behind this too. Hey, he hit himself over the head with a you know a bayonet or something. Cheese like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he put a samurai sword up his bum. Yeah. You know, something it, it, like that. It shouldn't be. Do not try this at home as much as do not try this on an independent league because yeah. it'll look shit and, and you'll, you'll get hurt hepatitis. Yourself. Yeah. Battling on the outside, Tommy Dreamer hits a sick spine buster on RVD right on the outside mats. Props up the ladder horizontally from the apron to the ring barrier oh no which is always a spot when you see it happening like someone's going to get a very bad back after this somebody's going to get their ass whipped tonight always looks scary Dreamer props up uh, RVD on the apron and you think he's going to bulldog him into the ladder but 
Instead, RBD just pushes him and Dreamer falls chin first right onto that propped ladder. It looks so fucking painful. Are you, uh, are you much of a Dreamer fan or have you seen much of his stuff? This is probably like one of three matches I've seen really? with Dreamer in it. I've seen uh, very little. You must have a fucked up opinion of Dreamer because the only thing you really know is what I told you about him on Steve Austin's podcast. Uh, being all mean to his wife. Me, Matt Stryker. 800,000 strippers. We go in, we take a lot of drugs. My wife says, Tommy, I don't want you going out tonight. I say, Beulah, I'm doing this. And Steve Austin is like, oh, hell, she ain't mad with you. Oh, she is mad with me. She hates me. (laughs) Who are are you, Tommy Dreamer? (laughs) And the thing is, Tommy Dreamer, from what I have seen of him, he always seemed like a really nice guy on TV. He seems really normal. He's a smiley guy in a t-shirt. It's like, hey, here's a normal job. Tommy Dreamer doesn't usually drink, doesn't take drugs, but scares me sometimes. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he goes fucking chin first into that ladder. It's really sore. And then uh, RVD props him up on the barricade and he gets on the the propped up ladder and then super kicks him off of there. Oh! And, oh I tell you what, these guys just, they're using really basic little spots here, but they're all so well done mm. and so perfectly executed. It's really great. Go back into the ring. RVD lays out Dreamer on the ground and puts a chair on top of him, does a standing moonsault fucking awesome like mm. it's one of these things where these look like moves that guys would typically go for but not actually hit yeah, yeah. but they're hitting them all anyway because yeah. they've got the ability to do so then he does a split legged moonsault attempt but Dreamer blocks it by shoving a chair in his face So see I think maybe this is the kind of stuff which Rob Van Damme is kind of like oh I'm muzzled I can't do what I want to do is the kind of Rob Van Damme with a chair is more entertaining with Rob Van Damme without a chair. That, oh, that's true enough, yeah. And that's always the case. Yeah, because they do some sick chair spots in this. RVD just, like I say, he does the split-legged moonsault right into a fucking chair. And oh! God, like, kills him. Uh, Dreamer does a really fucking sharp-looking DDT at one oh, point as well. The one thing he didn't do in this, which Dreamer used to always do to Rob Van Damme in ECW, was he give him the pile driver. And I don't know if you know, like, Van Damme, he's got crazy, like, neck oh, strength. He, he's the boingy pile yeah, driver, man, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, he shoots straight up, and he gets a bit of that with the, uh, he with the DDT. DDT. It's a stiff don't DDT. Don't you ever see uh, Rob Van Damme take an RKO as well? He goes face first and just flips in the air. He's a very Amazing. rubbery man, isn't he? Yeah, no, Van Damme, seriously, that man is fucking springy. I want to see a paper looking into the elasticity properties of uh, medical marijuana and <laughs> if it makes you a boingier person. <laughs> um, we get a sidewalk slam onto the ladder. From Just the... no mecking around, no, like, taking it lightly, as hard as you can. And yeah. as soon as he does it, Jim Ross is like, and they say they learn how to fall. Well, how the hell do you learn to get sidewalk slammed on a 20 foot ladder <laughs> that soundbite wasn't quite ready was it but Jim? it was he's damn right though it's like well, well Dreamer's like he's always been a bit of a big guy as well and he puts all of his fucking weight on RVD when he falls he literally just falls on him and it's oh right on a ladder just he takes it it looks sharp you'll get cut like that it's really oh, fucking horrible uh, and then after that Dreamer goes up to do the uh, elbow drop from the top rope but then RVD rolls out of the way and he goes straight onto the ladder oh yeah he really really hurt himself there yeah and then we get our closing sequence here which is fucking awesome we get uh, RVD puts the ladder on top of Dreamer and then does the rolling thunder onto the ladder looks oh. horrible they wedge the ladder in the corner and that's right that's just after he's taking a sidewalk sample I should say all of these bits I'm describing here this happens in the space of about a minute and a half I yeah think. I know it's like, Th- this, this is like is just boom 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 that's your ECW style yeah it's you know? non-stop yeah. and yeah our closing here they wedge a ladder in the corner horizontally and they both climb up on the turnbuckle and it's rickety and fucking scary it's, we were both like <laughs> oh no <laughs> dreamer falls and you know, falls he, into the ladder. Each of his legs go on either end, and his nuts land right on one of the rungs. And it wouldn't be a Tommy Dreamer match if uh, he didn't land and hit his dick really hard. Really like, hard. Tears running down his face. 
so his balls are crushed. RVD oh. does a spin kick from the top of the turnbuckle into Dreamer. They both clatter to the ground. Then a Van Daminator to the fucking yeah, face. Yeah, as he's like left in the precariously tied up in a tree of woe in a ladder. Amazing. Yeah, he's all tangled up in the ladder. And a Van Daminator right to the face. Five star frog splash from the top. One, two, three. And fuck you. It would be typical that this. Hey, and you'll never see any of this again. Yeah, I know, right? It's mean to not, end it on such not a high Not only note. do they go, this is the last hardcore title match, they go, this is the last hardcore match. Yeah, this is the last time you'll see hardcore. And remember, this is a very specific period in 2002 where they were like, that's it. No more hardcore wrestling, folks. And, well, you know, we, we got the odd street fight pay-per-view. I was going to say, we get street fights and no-holds-barred matches this they day. They really but... went out of their way to distance themselves from from that. Just the word hardcore hasn't been used since, has it? Like, I mean, it's extreme always... Extreme rules. Extreme rules, falls count anywhere. The last time I recall them using the term hardcore was when Foley took on Edge. He called at WrestleMania. Yeah, that true. was a hardcore match, was how it was described. Yeah. Of course, you know, the hardcore belt was, was brought into that as well as like yeah. a, little, a little thing, but... Yeah, it was sad to see this because it's like, this is what it could have been. Imagine if Mark Miro's last match was a five-star classic. And yeah. You're like, oh, now you're fucking Now you're yeah. fucking pulled out. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, there was no run-ins in this. There was no fucking bullshit. It, just, it was a kick-ass match. So good. Ten minutes. And here's the thing as well, folks. Right? People are going to go, oh, you can't do these matches every week. Can't do that. You know, people are going to get injured or whatever. Now, there were some spots in this that were like, yeah, not for free TV. Once every now and then. Once every yeah. now and then. But, by and large, this match... There were no unprotected chair shots to the head. True. There was no blood. True. And no one, like, there were no fuck-ups either. No. There were no was no botches. It was all within 10 minutes as well, so it's perfect TV time match. Now, are you telling me in three hours of TV, you can't maybe try that a little bit? Yeah, give it a go. You know, and I'm not one here to kind of go, oh, attitude error, bring it back. And, you know, that's never been the point of the podcast. It's never been what we would advocate. But certainly there are elements... Either if it is some of the Max Say stuff and the comedy, or if it is some of this, the kind of the hard-hitting, you know, really awesome brawls. Hardcore is such a big umbrella term. Totally. It seems strange not to... You can take some PG stuff there. Easily. Easily. I, I, I think more than anything it points out that we don't need hardcore wrestling in the modern product, but we just need variety. Because mm. like, at least what the hardcore division, if nothing else, what it offered was it was a division that felt completely different to the rest of the card. Whereas now you look at, say... The IC belt, how is that any different to the US division? It's not. Or even the main title picture. They all do the same kind of wrestling, the same style. Everything is the same, cut and paste. And this is funny because the hardcore division, this is around the time where on SmackDown you had the Cruiserweight division. Yeah. And you also had two very different tag divisions. Such variety. And you had a a very vibrant women's division in 2002. was fucking awesome. Uh, Yeah, it's really weird to think we've like... How have you expanded a show to so three much? hours and to like seven different shows, whatever it is? Yeah. Now, like. <laughs> and a fucking network. Yeah, and it's just one style of wrestling yeah. constantly throughout. So no that, light heavyweight, yeah. no hardcore. I mean, that would be, I think, the main kind of thing. Like, I would look back with hardcore when looking back at this, you know, with 24 7 and these kinds of matches. It's like, yeah, it does make you a little bit wistful and kind of go. Man, there's this whole other style there. Even if another, even if another show like a TNA or a Ring of Honor was to maybe do more of these kinds of matches, yeah. because I think the audience is still there. It is, and I think people often like get a little bit mixed up in the sense that when they think they like, like, oh, we need to bring back hardcore wrestling. We need the real fucking tough, hit each other with weapons. That's. I don't think it's like CZW needs to get on TV, mate. It's, it's not necessarily that that people miss so much as just having a bit of variety yeah. and something different to exactly. look forward to. And I think, uh, yeah, it's just like, it, it goes to show that like, I don't know, all the companies at the moment could definitely learn from this period that, God damn, that bit of variety is good. 
They ruined their own division, though. Yeah, they ran it into the ground. You know, they ran it into the complete and utter fucking ground. Looking at some of those title reigns there. I mean, some of the people who became hardcore champion. Um, one of the Godfather's hoes. Naturally. Terry became our hardcore champion. I, I, I did like that. That, that was, yeah. That I thought was funny, because she, she's like looking around all excited, like, shall I, shall I? Yeah, all right, then. And she became the champion. Pat Patterson, Shane McMahon, Funaki, Godfather's Ho, Joey Abs, Rodney, Thrasher, Gerald Briscoe, Viscera, Chris Nowinski, Johnny Stamboli, K-Quick! What an odd mix of people. Almost everyone of the lower half of the roster had a go at some point, then, yeah. basically, yeah. But I think the main thing we could say in closing of this, though, hardcore division, it was very sad that it got round to the ground the way it did. But I cannot emphasize enough, both Crash Holly and 24-7, the year 2000, you know, we went on and on about it so far, about how it's such a fun show to watch and so engaged. Yeah. And they were firing on all cylinders from the top of the card to the bottom. And the bottom was very held securely by Crash Holly and this 24-7 thing for yeah. many months. He was the stone cold of the hardcore division, wasn't he, basically? Oh, fucking hell, he definitely was, yeah. yeah. And you know what? Crash Holly never had a fucking t-shirt. Never no. had Never had a toy that looked remotely like I mean, him. That's fucking true enough, yeah. You know, never had a finisher. No, oh you my know? God, you're so right. Fucking Crash Holly. he was so over. So over. Wow. The pop that that man Didn't have get. his own music either, it was Bob's yeah, music. Bob's really. music, like, yeah. Wow, that is really like quite interesting isn't it that yeah. you get so over crash sadly passed away you know some years ago and it was like it was one of those it was one of the really tragic kind of stories of wrestling yeah. where he kind of faded into obscurity got released and you know fell on hard times had problems with addiction stuff like that it was really tragic when crash died because he never i don't know there's never been like there's never been a real moment for, for a reason because he was so far down the card for WWE to kind of give him a tribute or something like that. And that was the first time, because I was still quite young when that happened, and it was the first time that a wrestler I really, really cared for and really enjoyed had died. Like I, I'd known of wrestlers dying before then, like mm. the British Bulldog and Yokozuna, but I'd never been into them, whereas Crash Holly I was a fan of. So when he died, that was the first time I was sort of like, oh shit, Like how can this happen? How can wrestlers die I so I remember young? what made me quite so upset about Crash's passing was how I found out, which is Stevie Richards was wearing different tights on Heat. I was right. like, what the fuck is he wearing those for? And they read, it's like, oh, he's wearing them in tribute to Mike Lockwood, Crash Holly, because he died at his house. And, and that's how you found out. And I was like, you had to go wait, out of your way to like, find that. What? That's fuck. And it was just... I, Jeez. Because Crash really felt like... He didn't go till around 2003. Yeah. And he was really like, the last year of his career... They had nothing for him. He was really relegated to nothing. And it was really, really sad. But, you know, with the network now and with WWE on YouTube as well a lot more, I think, you know, they had a little bit about Crash in one of their countdown shows recently. Yeah, that's And true. it's nice to see there's a lot of people. You know, when we put out the call for this, there was a lot of people who were just going to the network and showing us all this stuff they found with Crash and all these yeah. cool moments. All these episodes of Raw are going up now. And I will say, actually, as well, Rob Van Dam versus Tommy Dreamer, that amazing match which we uh, we went through, Check that, that is out. available for free in its entirety on YouTube. Yeah, WWE. Uh, YouTube page they've got really good at doing that lately actually they've yeah. picked some good matches on that full matches it's awesome to watch this was a fucking blast reliving the hardcore division and 24-7 this was like such a ridiculously large part of our childhoods I think growing up yeah and even so there were still a few segments I watched doing the research for this that I've never seen before so uh, thank you for all your suggestions and sending in the links that you sent us like, I found some really good stuff well you're having Al Snow reading a poem as well as the one you had wasn't it yeah I think we'll get to that in the timeline actually fantastic so we'll save, that for now. save that put it in the pocket well that all I have to do is thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Attitude Era podcast 
Stay tuned because Backlash 2000 is coming up very soon, Ooh. and that is fantastically fun episode. The return of Steve Austin is coming soon, guys. It's gonna be fucking amazing. Yeah. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at AE Podcast and go over to Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Give us an old like because we're going to be doing stuff like this in the future where we want your input and say yeah. stuff you want to see included when we cover topics like the Hardcore Championship. If you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud or Stitcher, be sure to leave a rating or review. That is the best way to help us out. Thank you so much. There's been some amazing reviews left recently. Yeah, yeah. real sweethearts, it, a lot of you. It's a double whammy. It makes you feel all warm and gooey inside, and also we get to go up the go up the charts. And it beat, does legitimately help and us. Beat yeah. Roddy Piper's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I beat Steve Austin's Unleashed podcast, which we did. Yeah, time. we did. I'm fucking proud of that. Fucking hell. Put the salt and pepper on that, uh, that, on that podcast. Also, go over to youtube.com forward slash AE podcast and you'll find some little video clips on there of some of our favorite moments from the podcast. I say this every week, but you can check out things like Undertaker splitting his wrists and The Brood giving their like, once-in-a-lifetime we- promo. Weekly, every week, you'll go, slitting his wrists. Like, it's, it's a phrase that you get to say every single time I we I actually record. really enjoy saying like, Undertaker slit slitting his wrists. Just because it's the most absurd thing that I think we've come across so far is Undertaker <laughs> slitting his wrists. You know what I love most of that video? This is going to sound really fucking bad, but the comment section, there are at least six people going, He's not really slitting his wrists. How did they fake blood? <laughs> we're like, we're going to go, Whoa, he really slit his wrists. <laughs> Guys, the Undertaker, is he going to be okay? <laughs> I'm all for realism in wrestling, but this is taking it too far. God, how's Medium the sushi chef nowadays and he's still got Undertaker's powers? Like, And also, go check out our Vine account that is linked to our Twitter. You can find that at AE Podcast. And if you want to give back to the podcast monetarily, support us, help us get Billy Keeble down here on the old train more often, go over to selfie.com forward slash AE podcast. Our commentary tracks for Beyond the Mat and Wrestling with Shadows are available to download. They are £3 or $5 direct download. You get them as an MP3, pay with PayPal, play alongside the movie, all going well. We should have another one up very shortly. Yeah, it's we, just like watching a film with us. It's like watching a film with us and us talking over it and ruining we, it. We, we even leave in blanks where we go, what do you think, listener? And then like three minutes of empty space and where we, you we, can talk. We, we turn into the microphone and look at you. <laughs> um, we actually did have a third one made. We did one for The Wrestler, but we ran afoul of it because... We have a few issues with run times, basically. Basically, it's just like, for whatever reason, there's four minutes difference. In, and it's not... There's not extra scenes. What Can it you is, explain it? I'll quickly sum this up. Basically, we recorded a commentary track for The Wrestler. We had a great fucking time. We had an absolute blast recording it. And then we found out that most copies of The Wrestler are actually four minutes shorter. No, four minutes longer than our copy. Mm-hmm. We were watching it on the UK DVD version. The reason why it's four minutes longer in most places is because it's playing at like 0.06% difference. Like faster frame rate. Blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Whatever. So it's exactly the same film, but it's playing slightly some slower. So that way it's come out four minutes longer, etc, etc. So the commentary doesn't sync up. We're currently looking into a way to try and rejig it so it all syncs up well, again. We might as well say this because we've had amazing glad gay communities help true. us out before. If you think you might be able to help us out with this or have any ideas, suggestions, uh, get in contact on the old Facebook page. Or if you think, you know, you, I don't know, yeah, any, any ideas. We'd super duper appreciate it Yeah, it's a shame to waste it. It is a shame to waste it. We had a blast doing it. Yeah. And it's not the kind of thing you can re-record. So no. uh, if you have any ideas, do get in contact on the Facebook page. Also as well, callingspots.com. The new issue is out. 
featuring my article about TNA is supposedly going out of business. We got that fresh in the post yesterday. Fresh in the post. So good. Every issue that magazine does get better and better. Calling Spot has got it's got a beautiful new format, new glossy paper. Comes with a sticker. This one and. Listeners of the Outer Podcast, be sure you check out go over to callingspots.com now. You can now get a subscription. Eee. And you can be like us, the people who help write for it. We always get it, you get it right on time like everyone else. Yeah. But you can go and you can subscribe, get all the previous editions, and you get them as they come out. All the info is available on callingspots.com. We said before, if you like us here and you like our, our style, check out Calling Spots. It's now the power slam is out uh, of business. There's no wrestling magazines left. I so. love the way you think that we've become contributors to essentially the last magazine stand and WWF is gone as well. Isn't Talk it? about hitching your cart to the right horse. Yeah. Like, seriously. You're goddamn right. And if you're a very proud supporting member of the Glad Gay community and want your torso to reflect that, be sure to head over to squaredcircle.biz, the AE podcast t-shirt. It is available now for £16. High quality, 100% cotton t-shirt. It's fucking amazing. Helped designed by the guys over at Squared Circle. Is £16 or $20, including shipping and handling. They have a European office and a US office, so you don't have to wait a million years for it to be shipped to you. Yeah. And if you have gotten one and want us to give you a shout out, take a snap of it and send it over to us. We'll send you out a tweet and send it up on Facebook as well. Big props to the guy who wore it at SummerSlam. Even bigger props to the guy whose uh, newborn child got sick all over it. Uh. And he still sent us in a picture. You, sir, are a hero of wrestling. <laughs> and there's also, as always, Botchamania.com. Stuff and things. But that's going to do it for me, Adam. And me. What? <laughs> what the hell just happened there? Oh, my God. That's that, you completely threw me off. And me, Kevin. <laughs> it's a goodbye for me, Kevin. And me, Adam. I will see you next time on the Editorial Podcast. And on the third day, look to the east for the Steve Austin. <laughs> Austin's uh, back. Austin's back. Is like Gandalf the White. Backlash. <laughs> Possession. Bust ass. Loaded. Bust ass. Snatch. Bust ass. Stacked. Bust ass. Drag race. Bagged. Paint drink. Junkyard. Bust ass. Possession. Loaded. Snatch. Stacked. Drag race. Bagged. Paint drink, junkyard, rip it, rip, end up, blow out, barrel, pit, I'm in the skullbuster. Bust ass, possession, loaded, snatch, stacked, drag race, bag, paint drink, junkyard, rip it, rip, end up, blow out, barrel, pit, I'm in the skullbuster. Bust ass, possession, loaded, snatch, stacked, drag race, bag, paint drink, junkyard, rip it, rip, end up, blow out, barrel, I'm in the skullbuster. Bust, bust ass. Possession. Loaded. Snatch. Stacked. Drag race. Bang. Paint drink. Junkyard. Rip, rip. End up. Roll out. Barrel. Pin. I'm in the skullbuster. Bust ass. Possession. Loaded. Snatch. Stacked. Drag race. Bang. Paint drink. Junkyard. Rip, rip. End up. Roll out. Barrel. Pin. I'm in the skullbuster. Bust ass. Bust ass.